Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Hang on, hang on. I'm sorry guys, we've got a, we've got I've I got a this will be good for the title sequence. I've, okay. got, I've just got to bleed the boiler. Yes. <laughs> And that's not an innuendo, okay? Let's talk about Helen Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. Ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome to the 14th episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth on the south coast of England. I'm John Pountney in Treforest, which is in the south of Wales, in South Wales. Because he read the script for the first time, right? I really haven't. I'm Ross and Dorchester, southern England. And today we, today's episode, we cover Sanguine Bidemus. Corpus Edemus. I had, I, I, I've never known what they're singing. Oh, I've looked it up. The Omen. Yes. They're saying... And what, what are the words? We drink blood. No, I, I know the words now, but what, what do they mean? It means we drink blood, we eat something else. Uh, hell, Satan, how, how, all that kind of oh, stuff. Really? Don't, we don't wear a parka in. in a health and safety nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. Yeah. Very dodgy handbrake. For generations... The Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife Catherine was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. And then, when the child was five years old, something terrible happened. And then, it happened again. Ah! Ah! 
Was it an accident? Was it murder? Was it a coincidence? Or was it an omen? Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. 20th Century Fox presents a film of psychological suspense about an occurrence of earth-shaking importance. Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. I was at the hospital, Mr. Thorne, the night your son was born. I saw its mother. I saw its mother. I have fears. I have such fears. What kind of fears? Its mother, Mr. Thorne. You saw my wife. Its mother. What is it you're trying to say? His mother was a... This is not a human child. Make no mistake. There are those who will die for him. There are those who will kill for him. Who is he? What does he want? Where did he come from? And can he be stopped? Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. If this is the truth, where does it end? It's day of the sixth month in the year 1976. The week the Wurzels Combine Harvester became number one in the UK. Mm. Coincidence? The Omen, which was originally considered by Warner Brothers, who thought it might be ideal for Oliver Reed, is an American-British mm. supernatural horror film directed by the titan Richard Donner, written by David Seltzer, and eventually starred Gregory Peck, coming out of retirement for this. Lee Remick. No way! Uh, yes, David Warner and... Billy Whitelaw. One of Richard Donner's first requests to screenwriter Seltzer was to remove all suggestions of the supernatural, such as cloven-hoofed demons and witches' covens. The idea was that there should be some degree of doubt over whether or not Thorne was deranged. The film follows Damien Thorne, a young child replaced at birth by an American ambassador, unbeknownst to his wife, after their biological child dies shortly after birth. As a series of mysterious events and violent deaths occur around the family and Damien enters childhood, they come to learn that he is, in fact, the prophesied Antichrist. <laughs> the Omen received mixed reviews from critics, but was a commercial yeah, success. Everyone hated it. Yeah. Just like Westlife. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Grossing over $60 million at the US box office and becoming one of the highest grossing films of the year. The film earned two Oscar nominations and one for best original score for Jerry Goldsmith, mm. his only Oscar win. The oh, film spawned God. a franchise starting with Damien, colon, Omen 2, released two years later, followed by a third instalment, Omen 3, The Final Conflict with Sam Neill. That's not the title. That's, that's <laughs> and in 1991, there was Omen 4, The Awakening. Which I don't think anyone on... Which I had no idea existed. I had no idea. I, when I bought them on iTunes, it gave me that as extra. But <laughs> just, I haven't watched, just take it. I haven't watched just, it yet. Just take it. <laughs> and then also, and this surprised me as well, a remake was released in 2006. Yeah, which yes. explains why I kept getting weird gifts when I was looking for the Omen again. That, that, that yeah, doesn't right. well, that yeah. happen. So where do we start? Okay. At the beginning. Besides, 
Besides by saying this is the best thing we've watched, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's, I think there's so much to get into on the, on this one that, like, when I... First of all, there's number one, this is something from my childhood, which a bit mm. like when we were talking about Hellraiser, I just remember had this sinister aura about it as a film. Mm. I was just aware that it was a spooky film. And I didn't actually <laughs> watch it until I was an adult. And I think I watched it, I sort of watched it from about 15 minutes in. From Damien, it's all for you. Oh. This is all for- I came in at that. I remember thinking, Jesus yeah. Christ, well, my God, this is a weird film. <laughs> and then watching the rest of it. But because I watched it late at night, and obviously probably half asleep and what have you, what I found was then really interesting watching it again in the cold light mm. of day was I was like, I don't remember this. Mm. Uh, I don't remember hardly any of parts, this happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's parts I don't remember. Even though we've watched um, one, two, and three, I would say within the last two to three years. Yeah, watching this, I was, I was like, I, I, so much Roman two. Yeah, was, well, I was just waiting for that stuff to happen in this uh, film. Yeah, amalgamated them. There was a huge amount of. I, I, I don't know if you agree, but growing up, I think we were going through the throes of society, sort of almost like throwing off religion a little bit. Uh, and, interesting. And I think, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. there was a lot of this kind of stuff at like the end times, the end times. Um, yeah. And I can't, I went to Sunday school and I think called Covenanters and went on sun, uh, religious yeah. Christian holidays and stuff like that. And they were just like throwing it down our throats all the time. The world is going to end any minute. And giving all these, <laughs> I, and I all, hear that a lot about the Catholic Church, Ross. <laughs> they do that a lot with young boys. <laughs> They've been throwing it down a lot of people's throats. <laughs> Uh, but this film was one of the things that sort of brought that into public consciousness a bit, yes. you know, and I think there was a definite kind of, uh, and it's, it's not quite, uh, obviously I was a child at the time, but there was a, a little bit of a fear, oh. I feel like, mm. in society, and or in my little, my little world, uh, my little part of Paul, that the world, the world might end at some point and mm. there might be a, an antichrist coming and all these ideas of prophecy and stuff. I was quite excited. And fr- frightened about all that whole idea. So it was interesting. <laughs> this, well, it made, also, made life more interesting. We've got, what's we've got, in your bubblegum flavoured beer, Cleves? The- bubblegum and, bullet, and beer. <laughs> Blair. Blair. You're not tripping, are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, you believed in Paul in 1987 or something that the, yeah. the, the Antichrist was coming? Yeah, because it was, it was basically telling me that. <laughs> I, always, I was also terrified. My sister, when she um, went to PBC, uh, oh, that we was going to have um, poltergeist. poltergeist. Yeah, yes. so uh, I was very susceptible to these these sort of things. <laughs> from a more that's that's really interesting, Ross. But I I also thought as I was watching it, from from a more cinematic point of view, and one of the things we've been doing on General Witchfinders, obviously, we, a lot of our focus has been like the early seventies, mm. and realizing that so this film is like five years on from. Dracula AD 1972, isn't it? Also, right. So, and really, I thought this is like the last hurrah and one like the last films of old 70s style filmmaking, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because what I thought was Jaws came out yeah. the same yeah. year as this. Yeah. 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 And think about how dynamic that film is. I thought, even though the home is great and we're going to just pick it up in a line, but a lot there's long periods where it's very quiet fuck all mm. yeah. not much it, it kind of meanders on at a pace it's all it's all absolutely fascinating but I was mm. like, this was the end of kind of early 70s filmmaking as we've seen it before everything became really hollywood and yes. three acts bang 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 yeah. watching it watching it this time uh for this i felt it 
because I kept expecting stuff from Omen 2 to happen, I was almost mm. like, wait, and it felt very slow. Yeah. However, it looked amazing and also mental. Like, yeah. So yeah. there were some sets which are like, is this, is this indoors? Is this outdoors? Mm. I don't know what's going on. But mm. I just said to Beck, I just love whatever lenses they're using at that, at that point. It's just, it's, it's just the way things, you know, things look like. really yeah. 70s. And I love yeah. that. Got real strong 70s big vibes. Big sort of yeah. close ups on faces and then, uh, in like, in like, in the, in the, bottom of the frame or something and there was loads of like i don't know what he was trying to put across but there's loads of reflections in this film like, mm. like so at the if we go but to the beginning when uh they hold up the baby to um uh to gregory yeah, Peck, behind, Peck. Glass, behind glass but you can see his reflection yeah. in there and there's lots yeah. of other, lots of other points in the film where there's lots of reflections in the um mm. in the movie and it just looked you know it just looked well considered and uh, artistically put together and I, yes. just, I just love that um i think for me it's um you know due to the crash course we've had in early 70s british horror cinema over the past few months mm. i think it it just it's an incredible kind of halfway house between like james says with jaws yeah. and the ultra low budget kind of hammer stuff mm. that was you know, Satanic Rites of Dracula was only three years before this, and there are elements yeah. of Satanic Rites of Dracula in it where they're Absolutely. next to the Thames, where mm. where yeah. where um, uh, Thorne meets Patrick Troughton by the Thames. I thought, God, this is very similar to Satanic Rites of Dracula, but mm. it is so glossy. There's, well there's money on it. There's money in this. Oh my God! It's yeah. yeah. It, it, there are no flaws. The only flaws now are what age has kind of brought to it, where like the police are driving like 1.3 Austin Allegros, <laughs> and they're trying to. Ch- it's like you can't, you couldn't chase a man on a bicycle with an Austin yeah. Allegro, and that looks ridiculous <laughs> now. Whereas, you know, a, a lot. I'd say pretty much all of the films we've watched have had some technical shortcomings, mm. which. Well, I think it's the, it's, the, it's the American money they put into this, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and you, also, you, Richard you Donner is a fucking brilliant director. Brilliant yeah. director, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what the other that's what the other films don't have, really. They do have exceptionally gifted people, but all the Hammer films are rushed. You know, when I think of something like Doctor Fives, which only came out five years before this, mm, wow. like it's a different universe of filmmaking, isn't mm. it? And I think it is. You, you're kind of looking in one direction, which is Hammer, but you're also looking towards Star Wars, Jaws, yeah. um, Close Encounters, that kind of fil- like event filmmaking. And I think this is one of the first... Because it, it made $60 million in 1976, which is a huge yeah. amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. But they were saying it's that um, they spent, what was it like, three times as much, three times more on the publicity... Yeah. For yeah. the film than they did making the film. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and um, they, they got that off because that's what how Jaws became such a big success. The huge yeah, yeah, amount of money yeah, yeah. they put into Jaws. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was it was it's part of modern cinema in as much mm. as a hype machine. You know, we're yeah, going to yeah, hype yeah, the yeah. fuck out of this and get yeah. people in. You know, rather than just like hope hope people like it and then they and I think it justifies the hype as well because. You can't really fault it. I know we sound like we're talking like it's the end of the podcast already. Yeah. I just want to say as an aside, there's an yeah. awful lot of orbs in your room tonight, Ross, again. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not joking. Do you record the, image, the no, images? No, I don't. Or is, 
There's a lot of orbs in there, Ross. It's you need dusty. to look into this. Oh, I saw it then. I saw one just going across there, didn't it? Is it dust, though? Yes, or dust. is it like, you know, spirits? Well, if a spirit comes back as a small, tiny little bit of light, <laughs> yeah. that's a fucking... <laughs> that is something that Zach Bagans never says. Yeah. If you've died and then you've come back as a speck of dust, that's not great for reincarnation. No. My, my daughter was talking to me, so said, what, what, what type of ghosts are there? She was going to haunt. Yeah. She was talking about a haunting. She was a haunting yeah. like and a poltergeist. Um, because she was trying to work out where, like, um, the marshmallow man comes in to, like, the, 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 the criteria of ghosts. Right. Yeah. That was, was not last so, night, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was she watching it last night? No. I was saying, I think he's, I think that sort of goes under, comes under the, the, um, the class of demon or gods. But, yes. Um, yes. There we go. Um, so uh, let's start the film. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just, but before we just get onto that, the other mad thing for people to take on board from this, and I double checked from his filmography, Richard Donner got Superman off the back of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you yeah, imagine? I, I like when you it. think about how, well, how primary colours Superman is, like, mm. and how dark this movie but is. I, I think people, it, back then, they were a lot less likely to get typecast into like, you know, if you oh, think yeah, like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. I'm just going to do superhero films for the rest of forever now, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But, but it was almost like a director was direct, was like a, 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 a gun for hire, wasn't it? You know? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Robert Wise, I'm going to look up Robert Wise. Hang on a minute. Robert Wise yeah. is a case in point here. And I need to, but I just need to check what he directed because... It's nuts what he directed, the, the breadth of the stuff that he directed. So, so amongst other things, he did The Sound of Music. Yeah, brilliant film. Which obviously... Yeah. One of my favourites. West Side Story. Yeah, another musical. But also, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Well, the black and white one, or the kind wow. of Yeah, the black, the, <laughs> the black and white one. But also, one of the best films of all time, if I can fucking confirm this, and I'm sure it's true, but it's it's been really annoying. Star Trek, the motion picture. <laughs> wow. Imagine, imagine having that CV. So you're going for the job of Star Trek. Have you, di- have you directed sci-fi before, Mr. Wise? Well, I've done... West Side Story, and I've done the sound and of the music. Sound of music. Yeah. yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah, but that's why um, it's probably why it was so fucking long and boring. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he knows about long films. West Side Story. I mean, that's an amazing resume. What the fuck is Spielberg doing remaking West Side Story? Is that what he's doing? Yeah. Uh, when you get to that age, I think you just just do what you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Well, I think that's the point I'm trying to make, but it's a weird, it's a weird thing to try and do, isn't it? Mm. There we are. So, okay, so the film starts. It starts with the music, which yeah. is icon- probably the most iconic horror theme ever, isn't yeah. it? I would yeah. say. Although everyone gets it wrong when they try when they try and do the. Um, the yeah. Well, no one knows what the words are, so they go. <laughs> no. Santos, spiritos. No, they Santos. do the other. No. It's exactly what I was going to say, is that I've got a false memory. Oh, spice. It, I, I, yeah. Carmina Burana. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Carmina Burana by Karl Orff. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. What? Dun, From, um, dun, dun, dun. That's yeah. Apocalypse Now, isn't it? But I genuinely thought it was on the omen. And then for the famous oh. shot at the end, when he turned round, I was expecting to hear it. And then when it wasn't, I was like, whoa. <laughs> no. I was just wrong. I, I was just expecting Jerry Goldsmith. No, it is a good Who thing. also did the music for... Star Trek The Motion Picture? 
Yes. There we go. Of course he did. <laughs> the, the main love theme for that movie is between Kirk and what entity? Avija? The Starship Enterprise. Oh, okay. The ah. main love theme of the film is between Kirk and the bloody Enterprise. I know we're veering massively off topic I, I here. Well, I, <laughs> I, I was sorting out the bedroom today for the decorators to come in. I was listening to the um the, the, the music from Star Trek, the Ruffer Khan, and maybe figure oh, you, John. Nice. And I was thinking... James Horner. Yeah. I, I probably Bad will attend your funeral at some point, and I will, <laughs> I will get them to put that music on for you. That will be if I, can, I can fit it into my busy schedule. Yeah, can, I, can you get buried in a torpedo? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the battle in the Matara Nebula. Yeah. Oh my god! I could oh. probably hum you the whole thing now. That's how it <laughs> it's like a discordant. There we are. Go on, carry on. Okay, so we still haven't got past the, the beginning. So child uh, is dead. Yeah, child, child is, is dead, dead, and they, dead. they are saying to him, "We could replace the baby because the the, the baby's uh, we got a spare. We got a spare, and um, his mother died exactly the same time." Suspicious. Yeah. Convenient. Yeah. yeah, not at all. Um, and he's like, oh, I don't know, oh, maybe. Oh. And he, he goes as it does it. At that point, I turned to my wife and said, if that happened, to you, if that happened, would mm. you, uh, what would you have done? She said, I think I would rather you never told me. I think, so she was almost yeah. like, I feel like that as long as I never found out, I'd probably be okay with it. Which I thought Ooh, was quite an interesting okay. um, <laughs> point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, so then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so I was asking at this point, why why is his wife giving birth in the Vatican or somewhere where the, all the nurses are nuns? Yeah, but... That's the, not... Expl- but however, that happened. this film, it just sweeps along and you're like, oh yeah, that's no, fine, well, that's fine. But because um, Beck's um, mum, she... Uh, because they were... Um, uh, they taught. They were te- they, no, they were teachers for the um, forces um, in the sort of the seventies and eighties. Um, so yeah. th- sh- they were teaching in Belgium when she was pregnant with my with my wife Beck, and mm-hmm. uh, her husband was teaching in another country. I think at the time, and she had to go to a hospital, uh, and it was nuns who. Um, who no were, way. Yeah, and they couldn't speak any English, and she was just <laughs> there on her own. Uh, yeah, and had a horrible birth with just um. Uh, what what did I they speak in Belgium? Is it French? Flemish, Flemish. Yeah, So do they? Do they? So did they take the baby away and then bring another baby, <laughs> baby, baby. at any point? Yeah, while, yeah. while she's unconscious. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she said it was it was it was terrifying and horrible. So yeah, really? it did happen. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't remember any of this part from the outset. And I do wonder, like James said earlier, if I've ever seen this film from the start before, Mm -hmm. I think potentially I've joined after the start because I have no memory of them swapping Mm. the baby. And and what surprised me at this point is already they're very, very heavily signposting as another orb goes through Cleaver's uh, view. They're very, very heavily signposting the fact that this is something dodgy going on. And it's not yet you're kind of not meant to with a film like this. Usually you question Mm -hmm. the facts, don't you? And you think, Oh, there definitely can't be the baby of the antichrist. That (laughs) that just wouldn't happen in uh, Mm. 1976 Britain. But actually in this, they're like, it is the, it is the antichrist. You better believe it. You better believe it. baby. And you're just like, Whoa. (laughs) And then, so they, uh, so 
And then a few things happen and he, he is then made into the ambassador for Britain. Whereas before, is he previously the ambassador to Italy for America? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's it, it, the the kind of what is that kind of dialogue? I can't remember what it's called now. When the story is given away, yeah, Exposi- so the yeah, exposition, exposition yeah. then is a bit dodgy, isn't it? Where um, the, his wife is like future president of the United States, and it's like things are being signposted really mm. quite. Yeah, they're setting up the prophe- setting up the prophecy, aren't they? But yes, then they go to look at this this, so. this house, and then um, they pretty much imply that they're going to have sex on the floor while the baby. Yeah, uh, while the baby's outside. Yeah, and all, all they do is close the window or something, yeah. which is very odd. Yeah, and then uh, and not just not British. And I think that it shows <laughs> that they're not British at this point. And I think that's what that scene set tells us is. Do not think these people are British because the British would not carry on like that. There's no furniture in the house, <laughs> they mention. Yeah. Um, but they, the happy music comes in at that point, yeah, doesn't it? it? But these are the bits for me where the film is. Sinister was like, happy music. Yeah. Well, it just felt like uh, like a, a made for TV movie, these bits. Where, <laughs> yeah. Like, like were they doing for the, going for a lovely walk along by the river? My but, note they, was amazing parenting montage. <laughs> yeah. That 11 minutes, it, which included a dog on wheels. Yes! I've right. written that and down. I want to point out. Toy dog. My <laughs> sisters. The- my sisters had one of those. Oh. That was a real 70s thing Amazing in this country. Um, yeah. It looks very cold. And then there's a slideshow of them next to a London bus. Oh, yes. Which is, very, yeah. which is really, really weird. Um, but very quickly, it it spins on that, doesn't it? And you start to hear really squelchy synthesizers, <laughs> and you get close-ups of a Rottweiler hiding in some bushes. Yeah, stone tape ash, and they don't really go back to that kind of weird sound effects, do they? Actually, you're right. I've just, as mm-hmm. I said that, I was just thinking they don't really revisit you know, that. that. Yeah, well. The major part of the party scene, which comes quite quickly, so you get into the horror quite quickly, for me, was recognising a guy called Bruce Boer. Mm. I'm thinking, I know this guy, and where do I know this guy from? I know this guy from Empire Strikes Back, but more, much more excitingly and interestingly for the three of us... Spearhead for Space? No, he plays the general at the end of Octopussy, in the circus, when Roger Moore is dressed as a clown and diffuses an atomic bomb. (laughs) General, is that an atomic bomb? Let him out. General, there's a bomb in that cannon. Sure, where else would a bomb be? (laughs) Great clown, then. I'm totally serious. I'm a British agent. What? Sir, that bomb is set to explode at 3.45. That's 90 seconds from now. General, this man's either drunk or crazy. It's the zenith of human kind <laughs> of artistic endeavor. Yeah, yeah. Roger Moore dressed in a in a red silk top, driving um, a full clown suit. <laughs> <laughs> the big shoes and everything. Yeah. The I bit when the he hides shoes. in a gorilla suit and the Indian guy stabs the gorilla suit, but he's managed to get out the gorilla suit. It's just, oh, it's brilliant. I think, this is what Ian Fleming would dreamt of when he came <laughs> up with the character. I think there's, there is enough horror in Octopussy 
for us to be able to review it and potentially Moonraker. I think we can do Octopussy as a patron special. Please, yes. please. Yeah, this has cost me shitloads to do this podcast. Please, can come and <laughs> give us three pound, three pound a month to, to carry on doing this. Go, yes. go to um pa- uh, patreon dot com forward slash general witchfinders. Thank you. Yeah, whatever please. It is. Thank you. Whatever yeah. it is. Damien, look at me. I'm over here. Damien, look at me. I'm over here. It's, it's all for you, Damien. Well, so that's you, Damien. Well, because that's and that's what you know. I didn't make too many. I was so enchanted with the film. I didn't make as many notes as, as I normally do. But I have just written down Hypno Dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the, the, the Rottweiler turns up and hypnotizes the nanny. Yes. And basically makes her just oh, sort of kill herself. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes, Ice Frost. So. Well, the dog yes. is, the, is like the familiar of um, Billy Whitelaw. Billy Whitelaw. Billy Whitelaw yeah. and the dog seem to have like some kind of weird. Um, uh, symbiotic uh, relationship, symbiotic relationship mm. going on, don't they? Mm. It's very, um, it's very odd. So they're in the party. David Warner's there. The brilliant not David sh- Warner. Not sure why David Warner's there. Is the creepy, potentially paedophilic <laughs> photographer? <laughs> photographer um, taking very shit photos as a photographer of some of some kind. I was mm. watching what he was doing. He's taking photos of a woman hanging out of a window. You'd obviously take that in a portrait format. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking it in a landscape format. Yeah. And I think that that is going to reduce the impact of For his fucking photos. Miles away without For a- fucking miles away without a telephoto lens. Yeah. So that's an... I will say that this film does... Because it's so well-crafted, it does steamroller you into... Not questioning. Yeah. Why is he there? Some of it's yeah. It's many, 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 many plot holes. Yeah. Um, the 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 Coupe de Gras, which is um, the ambassador of uh, America to England, flying on a private jet to Italy uh, with with a seedy journalist faffing around, impaling his arm on a fucking spike in a graveyard like Alan Partridge, yeah. and then flying home. <laughs> And then flying home with a load of no ceremonial knives. Asked. No questions asked. Just get him on, get him on, get him on, get him on. Get him on. This right? is pre nine eleven, guys. I went onto a plane <laughs> when I went to um, when I went to America. The guy next to me reached up to put his bag in there. He had a fucking Barry knife down the back of his um, no trousers. Way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's insane, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the young Damien, who's uh, probably about. Five or six years old at that point. Well, he's five, he's, mm. he's he's four or five because it's explicitly described that he is five later on. Okay, so it's his five. Years. It's fifth birthday party then. Mm. Yeah. The the nanny goes up to the uh, the uh, to a window, jumps out, top floor, and um and hangs herself. We don't know why, and a lot a lot isn't explained. But I think this film is like a series of very very well crafted set pieces, mm. almost like a James Herbert novel. Well, <laughs> we we mentioned it. We mentioned it in the preamble at the start. But I mean, mm. the thing that I admire the most, I really love how they said we're not going to have anything su- like supernatural in inverted commas. Yes, everything that happens in this film could happen. Yeah, it could yeah. just be a load of ridiculous. Delusions. A load of people are deluded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mass insanity. And all the rest of it. It's like great. That, that yeah. really works. Yeah. I like that. It's almost like Kieran. And when I was thinking, oh, oh, no, I'll wait, I'll, I'll share my thoughts on, on Patrick Troughton in a bit, oh, on, on the whole, how, how we know what's the chance of that happening. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so then, um, yeah, uh, Patrick Troughton, um, the, the second doctor, um, yeah. who, who did regenerate into um, 
uh, John, John Pertwee. Pertwee. In Spear yeah. from Space. Yeah. The um <laughs> What was um, what, what was unique about that one? I, I, forget. I, I think that? it was the first and the only Dot Who yeah. episode to be filmed entirely in sixteen millimeter film. Oh wow. god, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Patrick Trout um turns up at the um the seventies office of uh Having been to the American Embassy with my friend Jamie Ritchie, who is Half American, I can vouch for that being the actual American embassy. Well, internally as well, they filmed inside. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh. No, the outside is because it's got the big eagle on, but it has changed since then because Trump had a new one built. Yes. Just, just as a, a quick aside, just thinking about like because in Damien uh, in Omen Three, when it's Sam mm. Neil, he takes over his father's role as mm. ambassador. Mm. And of course, his secretary is rich. His his secretary is Ruby Wax. Really? No young way. Ruby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my Watch god! Because it. it yeah. <laughs> As an aside, do they ever explain how he manages to age about thirty years in about three years in those in those later films? <laughs> <laughs> because in nineteen seventy six he's five, and then in nineteen eighty one he's like twenty nine. But maybe it? it's set in like the far yeah yeah it's probably, probably the millennium isn't it i imagine this yes it's probably that's what set. it's supposed to be i think yeah where everyone yeah. still wears yeah. flares and uh, big <laughs> massive lapels and stuff of course oh, so yeah that. patrick troughton comes in and straight away it's, it's he's completely fucking nuts so that guy's no way <laughs> never gonna listen to him because he's just acting insane no. it's not spitting yes. all over him telling him he, he needs to, to um like uh, like so many men- members of members of the clergy i'm like yeah play absolutely and he takes communion <laughs> i just think all. he steals he steals the entire film and I've written that he looks like the lost Gallagher brother because for some reason <laughs> they, yeah, they've, they've coloured in the centre of his um, eyebrows to make him look like he's got like a monobrow, and he's and he's got a very dodgy Irish accent which veers wildly from oh, like Shakespearean English. Oh my god, it's awful! Like yeah, yeah. but I think Pat Troughton is the kind of hidden gem of this film. Not very hidden, but mm. he does steal. His screen time is like fifteen minutes, but he is the best thing about this film. He's still got his, um, uh, he's still got his Beatle haircut in it. Yeah, he's got his Beatle. Well, he's got his Oasis haircut. But just so happens though, again, the uh, photographer Mm. is there when this is all happening. Just sat outside on the steps, you know, having a breather, isn't he? Yeah, and then um, uh, the Patron gets kicked out. um, Yeah, yeah, takes a photo of him. Yeah, father, can I have a photograph? Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. But I've seen you, John, <laughs> doing your... We were walking through Bridport and you suddenly shot you. You were the big head and started running up down the road. I didn't realise it was someone with a giant paper mache head on. I thought it was like, he wanted to take a photograph of. I thought he was just being incredibly rude to the people of Bridport. Someone with encephalitis walking <laughs> <Yeah>. along. <laughs> no, I remember that very well. And, and it was a disappointing photo because I took it with a very wide angle lens, which, which didn't really show how big the paper mache head actually was. We, we have the... Um, revelation, which isn't a pun really, but, um, we go into the dark room with, um, David Warner at this point and he starts, he starts, um, agitating his, um, I can smell uh, the chemicals at that point. Oh, I can smell the chemicals in the dark room. And he develops a picture of Pat Troughton and it mysteriously, it's got a mark through him. Yeah. Which he traces through his finger. 
And, and I love that picture. Port. I would love to have that picture <laughs> in my house. I, On a t shirt. I, I wish you could buy those prints. They'd be amazing. Well, Patrick Troughton in a fedora with a with a with a ghostly uh, line through lightning rod through mm. him, um, and then we are introduced to Billy Whitelaw, who is another brilliant kind of uh, unsung hero of this film, who comes in as the nanny. Is she a nanny? Yes, she, she's she's like the auntie Mary Poppins, Poppins yes. isn't she? Yeah. The, uh, yes, she's got way too many teeth for her head. Yeah, jammed together, but. It's that sort of thing where you do realise how a good actor can really, because of course that's mentioned yeah, before, yeah, we'll just yeah, use yeah. The, the pronoun, does that, how a, a, an amazing actor just classes things up straight away. Because she's sinister, as, she's just incredibly <laughs> really? sinister and pitches it just right. Like on the end, yeah. she's just like trying to be friendly and like, oh, don't worry yeah. about that. I've got all of this. I've got it in hand. But there's just that undertone of, I'm deranged. Mm. I'm yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, nuts. Yeah. And she's great. Yeah, yeah. And also, what's incredibly important and really quite hard to believe at this moment is that you are, as the viewer, is you are also won over by her. Because at this point, she's just walked into the house and they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Who sent you? Oh, the agency the, sent you. The agency. Yeah, oh, here's my... Um, He's my uh, what do you call them references? Uh, review, not not reviews, references. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> no one in their right mind would let that woman near their child. No. But no. there's something in a performance and their performance because I've got to say that Lee Remick and Gregory Peck play this absolutely totally straight, don't they? Mm. There's mm. something in their performances which makes you believe everything that is totally unbelievable with this film. And this is this is kind of the first thing where you just think. This is codswallop. They wouldn't trust this woman, but because of her performance and their performance, you think, "Oh God, yeah, you, you would let her in," and they have let her in. And then you get that lovely shot of looking down the corridor, and she just closes the door, mm. and that's the and end. I, I and really liked. Like, I I got the the real feeling that she was almost in awe of. When she was going into that oh, room. Oh, yeah, 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 she, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And imagine... And he sat in front of the fire. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, if you think, put, herself, put yourself in her position, that she is someone who's waiting for this, you know, yeah. it's almost like their version of yeah. a Jesus to be there. It's an honour for her It's an honour for her yeah. to be there, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I got that feeling. I thought that was... Yeah. But, it, but it wasn't, you know, implicit. It was very good. She's an apostate of the <laughs> devil. <laughs> Ow, I've read that down. I've read it down and put... Cool. Yeah. What does apostate? I don't even know what apostate means. Apostate it's like an apostle, isn't it? That's what you need to get checked out by the doctors, John. Oh, a person who renounces a religious or political belief on principle. After Ooh. fifty years as an apostate, he returned to the faith. So she has renounced all faith. So yeah, it's it's the opposite of an apostle, isn't it? I suppose mm. the next. Uh, notch on the bedpost that we find in terms of Damien it being massively signposted that he yeah. is the son of Satan is that he doesn't want to go to church. Oh, and, Brilliant. Uh, so, John, have you got anything about the architecture of the church they go to? Because it, it looked like something you would take a photograph of. <laughs> it's a lovely church. What I did want to say is that they're in a Daimler 240. <laughs> nice. Which is... Um, which is um, did I say 240 or 420 then? Uh, I you said 240. They're in a Daimler 420. No, we don't send us letters. <laughs> 
which is a Daimler, which was based on the Jaguar 420, which is also, I think, a similar Jaguar to the Mark 10 Jaguar, which is what the craze famously um, smoked around in in the in the in the oh. East End of London. So yeah, it's a very nice Daimler they're in. They go to the church. Damon, are they going to a wedding or something? Yes, and the um, the yes. the nanny doesn't want him to go. The nanny like, says no, yeah. but Lee Remick says yes. Get him ready. They put him in the car. They drive up to the church, and as he sees Jesus and the church iconography, he he goes he he has a, a meltdown. Well, it, a meltdown is putting it to mildly, really, isn't it? Because yeah. he he emits incredible weird noises and he goes nuts, punches his mother in the face, pulls her hair out, yeah. and and that is one basically of my favourite scenes. Basically, that's like film. all children act nowadays. <laughs> yeah. and, and, in uh, in home bargains, yeah. where they can't get a like a, a, a panda pop. It's, or it's, something. It's, it is a quite a strange perfor- performance from the child because I think like he doesn't speak no, hardly at all. I think he? that in modern films, children are so much are so much better actors than they were in the past. Yes. Hmm. Um, whereas it was almost like you had to kind of trick them into doing something which you could catch on on film. <laughs> I think at- that's the feel with this film, but I think it actually lends itself to this film because he's so mute. Hmm. He kind of is an absence at the heart of the film, isn't he? Yeah. Because he just looks. He's almost like an animal where he just yes. stares at things and he doesn't really respond <laughs> mm. in, in a normal human way. Yeah. He's also not in it for a massive chunk of the film. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, he, he just goes. It would be yeah. interesting like to watch the, um, the remake just to see how they how differently uh, they, they, yes, they treat I, it. Yes, I saw it. Yeah. A long time ago, and I can't remember anything about it at all, to be honest. I think I read a Omen... Novel? Novel. Um, yeah. Ooh. But I can't... It's either the, where he comes back as a mist. What? <laughs> I need to Google what? this. Right. C- keep talking. Yes. So the right. next bit that I enjoy... So, uh, like I said, this is a series of... Um, set pieces. The next yeah. brilliant set piece is when they go out for a day at the zoo. That's so it's incredible. It's, yeah. It's mother and son bonding time. Even though they've potentially lived in Britain for quite a long time at this point, they're yeah. still doing days out to try and bond, which is quite weird. Again, it's another thing in this film. You just don't question what's happening. You just go along with it, mm. which is a bit, which is really quite clever on the part of the filmmakers because so much of it is kind of orchestrated for effect, mm. um, but really doesn't have any kind of motivation. So it's like, oh, let's go to the zoo. So they go in the zoo. The giraffes are scared of him. Yeah. And then they they go to drive through. So it it's, it's a, did remind me a little bit of um, Holiday on the Buses, yeah. where the cast of <laughs> On the Buses visit a zoo. They drive through the monkey enclosure. And then, they, then the reveal is that a monkey is now driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, the link, the link, which I've just thought of, to our podcast is that the production company of that film was Hammer Pictures. Oh, wow. They made more money from their TV comedy tie-ins in the 70s than they did from horror. And horror. They, did, they did a was that the, um, was that the film was what our friend Simon used to work at MVC? Wasn't there a guy who came in every week and bought <laughs> <laughs> the, on the, on the buses? buses. Yeah, on, on the buses. On the buses? Yeah. Si- uh, well, that's when I worked there as well. Basically, this guy called Simon something used to come in and repeatedly buy... Uh, Demand them. 
Yeah, he had learning <laughs> difficulties. He would repeatedly buy the omnibuses VHSs because we worked out in the end that he potentially didn't realise you could just rewind the tape. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd watch the film. I don't know why you're laughing at this guy with learning difficulties, but he would potentially watch the film, oh. be like, oh, I really want to watch it again. Didn't know he could rewind it, so he would just come in and buy another one. Um, so yeah, God, that's that's a flashback to a long time I, ago. I wonder if he's just got a huge storehouse, like his <laughs> house, just full of them now. Potentially, he's got a house yeah. made of them. Yeah. yeah, you would walk up to the counter, just go on the buses, on the buses, and then you'd have to go and find on the buses for him. Um, so yeah, it, it, in this film, that doesn't happen. There isn't a there isn't a monkey driving the car with Damien at the end of the scene, but the baboons do get very spooked by Damien and attack they do. the car. Yeah, and then they and, fr- and they freak out. Yes, I did but, read in the Wikipedia that Lee Remick's um, reaction to the monkey to the baboons was totally genuine. Yes, because they wow. had a baby baboon in the back seat, which was making all the um, the baboons. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, where did you read that? Please, that wasn't in Wikipedia. Uh, IMDb, I think. Ah, mm. IMDb. Yeah, but a baby I, was, baboon. I, I thought it was strange where they had like. Um, like uh, voices explaining what to do inside the car. Yeah. And I was thinking, did yeah. they? Ha- could you tune into like the? Um, yeah, they would have given them a cassette. Would they? Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I never. Be- I don't think I've ever been to like a drive-through safari. I've never but- been to. Oh, they, gi- I do they give you a CD I- now, guys. Oh, uh, I do remember they- going to Nebworth <laughs> and uh, see Oasis. And as you approach Nebworth, you could tune your radio to Radio Supernova. And it would give you all the information about where to park and where to walk in and all that kind of thing. Wow. So I just presumed that you tuned, tuned in. Radio That's what to I was like thinking. Yeah. Windsor Safari Park FM or something. I did like the um when they went they got the ice cream, but the walls ice cream. Walls. The old yes. walls logo. Yeah. It was lovely, wasn't it? The walls branding was very nice. Of course, it's um a foreign company now. Everything's been yeah. bought out. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed that sequence as, yeah. I really enjoyed that sequence too, because then I I quite happily say I'm not a big fan of i'm not a big nature person i'd, I'd rather die than go camping and i think i'm not like one to go and commune so like the world i'm often quite intimidated <laughs> around animals i'm mm. not a big so just that sequence when baboons oh well dogs you name it right so first of all that bit <laughs> when when the giraffes turn up it yeah. looks quite sinister and weird yeah, as they all kind of, I thought, wow, that's a they? weird shot. And then I thought, yeah. oh, that's really cool. And they then all freak out and run off. And then the baboons thing was just was like, this is properly uncomfortable and nasty. Mm. It's like, uh, yeah. uh. Moving on, it's time for Patrick Troughton to get killed by inclement weather. Yes. Yes. Oh, the, the wind machines must have been enormous. <laughs> brilliant. When they did, did that. There was so much the wind. Brilliant. He looked like he's, he looked like Roger Moore in Moonraker when they put him in the spinny uh, thing and his face is like uh, it's flapping. Central fuel flapping. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, my, my, I, that's the, I tried to get um, my kids to watch uh, Moonraker and they got so scared oh, of that, that sequence at the bit. It's amazing. It and they, it's and Jaws scares the shit out of them. Of course. Ah! So sinister. The bit when there's the Mardi Gras mm-hmm. and um, he walks down the street with bit. all the weird puppets. I hate it. Terrifying. It's a horror film. <laughs> anyway, so um, Pat Troughton, again, steals a show. He turns up. Some great cinematography goes, at that point. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Thorne goes to meet him on the embankment and yeah. um, 
he tells him a load of mad poetry and it just, yeah. it's yeah. very odd. There, there are no rhyming, uh, James is an RE teacher, there are no Correct. rhyming sequences in the, in the, in the Bible, are there? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no that's all been done. And he does say the poem later on, Gregory Peck. He I does acknowledge that part. <laughs> he's like, it's, it's the poem the priest kept saying. Yeah, that's not in the Bible at all. That's, that, no, it's just not there in the Bible. Oh, that's a shame. I think the Bible should have more poetry in it. Well, you've got the um, uh, David's, what's it called? What's David's songs and poems? Non-canonical. <laughs> but there's without jumping it without jumping ahead too much i did really really yes. laugh like when when they're trying to interpret the poem yeah. and interpret the uh the book of revelation and he went when the nation when, when the nation of rome yeah. rises again and he went that could be italy joining the eu <laughs> <laughs> exactly. oh, man, imagine we thin. find out that the whole brexit thing was trying to stop armageddon oh, yeah very good point very good point um so they 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 do the poetry and then um mm. uh gregory peck buggers off doesn't seem to notice that straight away as soon as he walks a away huge storm a huge storm erupts which uh, culminates in pat troughton running around in a very second doctorish way yeah. it really reminded me of um the story the invasion where the cybermen are shooting at him and he jumps over lots of explosions yeah. But he, he basically <laughs> runs up to a church and um, can't get in the church. Um, there's lots of leaves and it's very, very well done. Very windy. lightning, very windy. And then basically clap of thunder, flash of lightning, a very, very badly erected lightning rod falls off the top of the church and impales him. And it's a brilliant kind of vista, it is. isn't it? Where mm, he's just yeah. in the centre of the frame. He's been spiked through the guts. Yeah, and, and it's and it ends up on the front page of the newspaper. Yes. We, we, we always have corpses on the front <laughs> cover of the newspaper. It's, don't we? it's wacky a tour, death. <laughs> it's a tour de force of filmmaking. But then you're like, why? Who is there to take the photo of him? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it? Um, David Warner. Uh, what is, is it David Warner? Yeah, because he's the only photographer in in in, <laughs> in, England. in London. It just again, it's it's this film really. Throws its story up in the air and then keeps it up in the air, and you don't question really what's keeping it up in the air mm, because no, it's just like no, no one's going to make podcasts about this shit. <laughs> and in, in forty years' time or something. As, as I was watching it, uh, and you know, like this, 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 this death and this sequence, I did think, you know, once again, the great idea of nothing that you're seeing here couldn't happen. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, what's yeah. the chance of being speared by something like that? But then I, and then I stopped. Did you Google thought, it, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. But what I just immediately thought was now hold on a minute though. The late great Rod Hole died <laughs> when falling <laughs> off of a roof. I was yeah. trying to fix his aerial to watch the Champions League. Champions League. League. And he's like, well, that's, that what, that's, what being told, that's what we're being told. Maybe there's but, somebody at the door was actually him trying to tell us. Yeah, to warn us. Yeah, the, the, the Antichrist is coming. There's somebody Maybe. at the door. There's somebody at the door. Hey, there's somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. Come on, there's somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. There's somebody at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. Does, does that mean that Grot Bags was an the state of hell? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Emu. Yes. It, he was right. to, all the time that he was trying to contain Emu whilst on Parkinson, <laughs> <laughs> he was wrestling with his inner demons. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him when he attacked Richard Pryor? 
<laughs> Google it. No, Richard Pryor being attacked by Rod Hole is, is pretty good. You, is, is that what what pushed Richard Pryor to just start doing freebasing crap? Yeah, right? he sets his balls on fire. <laughs> but I was thinking, if if the devil could do that, whip up a storm uh, and yeah. let that happen, why don't he do that yeah. before he tells? All the time. Yeah, just, I know. To stop. All the time. Yeah. But again, that's, but it doesn't that's, matter. You can't question. That, that's the issue with films like this: is that you. T- you don't question as you're in the narrative. And when you sit down and think afterwards, you're just like a bloody hell. What a mess. Um, at this point, I've written Patrick Trout, <laughs> Patrick Trout and gone swerving Allegro. So I think does, um, <laughs> does what's his name? Gregory Peck go and visit the psychologist. He goes see, he goes see David Warner, doesn't he? Yeah, David Warner takes him to, yeah. No, I think and, he's a psychologist in the, in, he's in a posh, office and they talk about getting the child aborted but at this point Ooh. she hasn't said that she's pregnant i don't think oh, oh yes yes yes, yes. um i remember then, but at that's interesting point, he, at that point obviously you had to get the father's permission in order to have an abortion which is yes. interesting yes mm. so he rushes home and almost collides with a swerving allegro um and but in the meantime what's intercut with this is billy whitelaw being demonic Lee Remick is doing something with a with a fish bowl of um, oh, yes. goldfish and tending some ornamental ferns in a very dodgy yes. place basket it's quite on in, a balcony. Yeah, the interior decoration of, of this of the but, uh, of the house is very strange. So there's a yes. point where they're in the bathroom, which is done out with like um, trellises and fake yeah. plants, and, uh, <laughs> and it's just like, why is this bathroom made to look? And, and the, the 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 baths in a in like a cupboard, and it's just why have they made yeah. the bathroom look like a garden? And then why have they got hanging <laughs> baskets they, inside? And it's just a very strange seventies, very seventies hanging yeah. baskets. They were all the rage. Any listeners of this podcast that live in Cardiff. If they can imagine what pillars the restaurant looks like on on Queen Street in Cardiff, they'll know exactly what we were talking about. Have either of you two been in pillars in Cardiff? No, I don't know. It was on Queen Street and you go downstairs and it's basically, it's the most 70s place ever. It's I'll still send there. you pictures later. Yeah, it's still there. It was open. It, it, it reopened after lockdown recently. Helen and I used to go for um, uh Toasted sandwiches and chips. Oh, very nice. Lovely. Mm, when she worked in Kukai many, many years ago. Um, so ba- basically, you get given the impression at this point that Billy Whitelaw has kind of given him some kind of thought command to go and knock his mother off the balcony, yes. aren't you? Who isn't his mother, yeah. obviously. Which he does, and that scene genuinely... On a little trike. Yeah. Set my teeth on. Well, that, that reminded me of The Shining. Yeah. That's really like The Shining. Yeah. Is it pre-Shining or post-Shining? It's pre-Shining. Pre. Three or four years. Okay. Um, but then that bit where she falls but doesn't fall and then grabs the balcony really set my teeth on edge mm. because it's re- it's one of the most kind of desperate bits of anxiety-inducing cinema mm. I've ever been, where she's holding, you know she's going to fall, mm. and the audio is very kind of heightened, isn't it? Where mm. she's just screaming and screaming, then she falls, bang. And a very, and, um, very sort of strange... effect. Yeah. But yes. Where she's actually, it's actually a wall, she's standing up and a wall is being moved towards her. It looks like ah. that. Yeah, that's why I looked up, because they were going to do the... the um, it was going to be filmed upright, and then yeah. she was going to be yanked in with like um, a rope. 
But because someone got really badly hurt doing that on The Exorcist, they weren't allowed to do yes. it in, uh, in this film. So they moved the wall towards her rather than put, yanking her towards the uh, wall. If that's the case, it's exactly the same effect that they used. And they did it much better in the end of um, Day of the Jackal. Okay. When um, Fox, James Fox gets shot at the end of the Day of the Jackal, he sh- flies into the wall. But it's it's obvious now that the wall is on the floor and he's falling onto the floor, mm. but it's the angle is corrected. It's like the Jamiroquai video, isn't it? It's that yeah. kind of... Going yes. deeper underground. No. Exactly. No. Not that one. Not that one. Which no, one no, is no, it, no. James? Vir- virtual Insanity. Virtual Futures Insanity. Made of virtual, virtual Insanity. insanity. <laughs> but where is he now, JK? Driving cars somewhere. Remember when he went out to have a fight with some paparazzi and they just basically broke his nose? (laughs) And he's just like, oh, I'm not as hard as some photographers. Um, So, yeah. But it was a good effect, though. It it was quite, I like the way it was almost strangely surreal. Yeah, it is. It is surreal. And it's quite harrowing. At this point, I thought, oh, it's weird they're killing her off um, in the style of um, Janet Lee in Psycho. But then obviously she doesn't die. Yeah, well, it's not that high, is it? It's, it's no, literally one it's, story. She might as well die because for the rest of the film, she's just in a bed then, isn't mm. she? With like a, with, with a really b- badly broken arm. <laughs> yeah. that weird angle. Well, she gets killed. Yeah. But she gets chucked out the window yes. in the hospital. She does. Po- kind of pointlessly, but we'll get to that, I thought. Mm. Um so, but he goes to visit her in hospital, obviously. He's then told by a very, very uncaring doctor that, doctor. It, that his wife is <laughs> not a baby. Not anymore. Not anymore. So he goes to talk to her and she's like, don't let him kill me. Don't let him kill me. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is very yeah. good. Um, and then... He goes to visit a David Warner then, and then that's when it yes. all starts to kind of unravel, team isn't up. it, at that point? Yeah, yeah, from that point, yeah. They become the dream team. They go into, mm. So what I thought, uh, as a photographer at this point, um, was not that how bad um, David Warner is at playing a photographer. Um, I just thought that if this was done now, how boring this would be with digital photography. Yeah. yeah. That you wouldn't have any of this amazing atmosphere of like the prints, the red room. The dark you know, room. Yeah. The same light, the dark room. Well, if they filmed it now, they would still get them doing that because they would just pretend <laughs> yeah. that that's what photographers do. Yeah. Because it's the weird sort of film language <laughs> of, 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 of what, what photog- how photographers work. Yes. Rather than just putting it into your into your mat and then just opening them up on a on in bridge and going shit 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 one good one shit 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 (laughs) which is what i do most of the time but basically you take a thousand pictures to have like 10 good ones um but that is a great scene and then you have the brilliant epoch defining Mm. scene where they go to pat troughton's flat or whatever it is Mm. Which is basically the inspiration for 28 million following mm. horror films. I don't know yes. if they did anything like this before. I don't know if, an, if a film did anything like this before. Mm. But since then, I have seen this set in like Seven, Seven. Yeah. The X-Files. Yeah. Just so many derivative films where it's basically a room covered with pages of the Bible, what? crucifixes, 
candles yeah. and stuff, is it? Yeah. All that yeah. kind of okay. shit, isn't it, basically? Did they say at this point that Pat Trotton has a 666 um, birthmark as well? Yes, he did. They say yes. it in this scene, Yeah, yes. I did understand that. So why has he no. got it and why has Damien no got it? I, I had no I've, idea. My my feeling was was that they said that you know he was like entirely conflicted throughout his life. So yeah. I might, and that's how he kind of knew about Damien, wasn't mm. it? And you know my my feeling was that he was probably supposed to be like a Billy Whitelaw esque mm. kind of like agent of the devil mm. or what have you. But then but took to God instead. But, but and, took it to God. But then yeah. kind of internal, you know, yeah. internal for something no, which, just, for, just... for something I feel like for something which is so well written. Yeah, that bit for me was like I, I'm conf- just just that one element. I'm confused by. I, I wondered mm. why they put that in, and it didn't make much sense. Other than obviously, it signposts a bit later when they find out that um, Damien has got the thing in his the famous, scalp, yeah. it? famously. Yeah, I yes. am tempted to get that done. <laughs> get it tattooed <laughs> on that bombshell. Yeah. So they, decide, they then decide that okay, maybe there there is something to this whole son of Satan. Yeah, after all this happening, actually, now maybe. you come to think of it, yeah, but this is what they find out about Booger Hayden, isn't it? What, what? Booger Hayden? They have to go and visit Booger Hayden. The is archi- that what it's called? In, the architect, the archaeologist, is called Booger. Yeah, but no, no, oh, not yet, not yet. Hold oh, on, oh, yeah. just before that, please. Before that. Because first of all, they go on their Italian road trip. Yeah. They, they, and I said, Damien is just now not Coogan in the film. And, uh, Rob Ryder. Uh, Ryder-esque. And <laughs> once again, representing Britain and British style, I've written iconic Parker. Yes. Uh, even yes. though he's in a Mediterranean country, yeah. he absolutely, David Warner sticks with that real 70s well, so, Parker. So they go to Rome first, don't they? They go to Rome and they find yeah. out that the hospital so has burnt down burnt to the ground with a very old looking hospital. hospital. <laughs> so it doesn't look, like, doesn't look like a new hospital. But they got these amazing um, lifts, which are, uh, yes. my dad worked in a building which had one of those the, lifts. The lift, the lift was amazing. Well, the lift I'd love to have a go on one going. of them. And I'd just, we'd be so terrified that you would go to the top and then go yeah. upside down and come back down yeah. the other way. So this, listeners, if you've not seen, this is a continuously moving lift where there's no doors and you just climb on something which is very slowly lifting. A and then when you get to the next floor. Excuse me, I'll start <laughs> that sentence again without burping. Burping. Um, when you get to your floor, presumably you just step off. But what yeah. happens if you get to the top as Ross says, I have no idea. If you just if it goes around the if it goes around the top of the wheel and you just come back down again. But my, my dad worked in a building when I was a uh probably seven or eight, the um, the yeah. old peer approach building in, in Bournemouth, but had one of those mm. lifts. I can remember mm. I can remember Ooh. seeing it. No way. Wow. Those things be. can't possibly exist anymore. Can health and sa- One of many health and safety nightmares in this movie. <laughs> but I tell you <laughs> what, Brexit Britain will bring those lists bring those back. back. <laughs> <laughs> we will cut that re- EU red tape. Hey. And if we want, really dangerous <laughs> Dangerous. Like, imagine if you're going up in that lift and your foot or your arm or your oh, scarf is caught. sticking yeah. out. Scarf. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Tom Baker. Yeah. So anyway, um, the hospital is gone. Um, so I we said, find it's out. That, yeah. It's good that the, ambas- <laughs> the ambassador can just go on a jaunt. It's not like he's got a job to do. It's his like, wife's in hospital. He's left his yeah. kid at home. 
Yeah. With a yeah. red boiler. He's left the kid with, um, uh, yeah, what we've missed is that um, he's come home to find that Mrs. Horton, the housekeeper, has disappeared and there's only Billy Whitelaw left in this whole massive house. And he's just like, yeah, fine, carry on. <laughs> At the point that he's thinking that his son is the son of the devil. But again, with this film, you don't really question the kind of the, the steamroller of the narrative, mm. do you? Um then they go to somewhere in Rome. They go into a church in Rome and it cuts to a church, which is really obviously British, which I thought was a bit of a letdown <laughs> because the architecture wasn't Roman Catholic at all. It looked very, very British. Um, they basically, there. <laughs> <laughs> they basically then find out that the priest at the start, who was the head of the hospital, who gave the him the dodgy baby, is in some weird monastery in the hills or whatever, isn't he? And they've, yeah. got, they've got to go and see him yeah. to the, find out. The, the, the map-painting hills of, of Italy. <laughs> they drive there and they look down and it is an incredibly well-done map-painting, but obviously <laughs> a map-painting. Yeah. It, just, it, it was very sort of dreamlike at that point. It felt like mm. it sort of went off on away from this kind I of like 70 realism. Yeah, the whole film is I quite I agree with John. Isn't it? Yeah. And that's that's exactly what we're saying with like the suspension of disbelief. The way that the yeah, narrative yeah, yeah, yeah. carries on, it has got this dreamlike yeah. quality to it. I agree 100%. It doesn't let you kind of... It keeps going with... Like like we said, it's not a pacey film, but it not keeps going with a momentum that doesn't ask you to question anything that's happening, which is quite remarkable, really. Um so they go to the place and they go in and it reminded me a bit of vertigo because they've got the bell ringing and they go in and basically, obviously, they found that because the hospital burnt down, the priest they're looking for, the right. reveal is with a massive crash zoom <laughs> on his face, is that half of his face is burnt. And he's got um, one of, uh, one of mm. our favourite, um, the weird fake droopy eyes. <laughs> Special effects. Yeah. Uh, which we see, see quite a lot of Looks- Looks like a poached egg. Yeah. Um, he looks a bit like Khan at the end of Wrath of Khan. He looks a bit like Two-Face in um, Batman Rises or whatever the fuck it's called. What's it called, <laughs> the middle Batman? The Dark Knight. No, the Dark Knight. The Dark Dark Knight. Not, ba- not Dark. Batman Rises. No. <laughs> <laughs> he then starts scratching out esoteric words on a piece of wood because we need to point out we're told that since the fire he is unable to speak Mm. and then the one priest that he says to him however he has renounced his faith yeah gregory peck goes how do you know and he says because he is able to write with his left hand and i've written down (laughs) i'm like i put it down i would have just loved it if he would have just held up a bit of paper that just says bollocks to jesus (laughs) 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 that's what that's what he said no more! <laughs> but yeah, you're right. They're these very esoteric symbols which are supposed to symbolise that there's, well, that there's you know, there's... Something that symbolises a monk. <laughs> yeah. And, something, and, and then 666, isn't it? Six, but then he writes, yeah. um, he writes a name down of the cemetery they've got to go and visit to where, find where the, the Where the crystal skull's buried. Um, yeah. yeah. They've got to but, go and find the grave of the mother of the baby... That scene, that sequence is just dark, not only in terms of lighting, but just generally, it's a, it's a really grim scene. It's it's obviously a set, but it feels like a a really fucking brilliant set. It's, it's fascinating because this is the bit for me that is the most hammery of the whole film Mm. where 
You've got a massive soundstage. It must be. Mm. Um, I don't know where. sound of music, actually, but at the end, the last few yeah. bits. <laughs> I don't know where these bits were shot, whether it was Pinewood or somewhere like that, but it looks like the Hammond version of Hound of the Baskervilles, where all of the more of Hound of the Baskervilles is all just done in a set in Bray Studios. Um, and obviously you've got the dogs as well in this part, which turn up. So it, the feel is very like Hound of the Baskervilles feel, but what they've got is another thing, which is a hammer trope. Shepperton Studios. Oh, it was Shepperton, was it? So so there's another trope here, which is very hammery, where, where they go to this um, cemetery, they break into the cemetery, and they go and they have to open the graves. And that is seen in so many Hammer films. It's Drac- the original Dracula. There's lots of open graves. There's Plague of the Zombies. Um, but in this one, so they open the grave of the mother in inverted At commas. At least it was a heavy Ooh. stone as well. It is things. a heavy stone. Mm. But so the mother looks like some it's, it's the body of an animal. It's, it's, it's a, a jackal. Oh, is it? That, that, that's what he says. That's what Patrick oh, Troughton says when they, when they right. burst in on him. He says, his mother was a jackal. But the jackal gets, gra- dr- gets drowned out by the... Uh, so are we led to believe that in... <laughs> A hospital in Rome, a jackal yes. has given birth to a baby somehow. Yes. yes, correct. And at the same time, I'm they've gone, they t- now hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Wait a minute. The, uh, the US ambassador's wife has guys. <laughs> And look, the US ambassador's wife has just given birth to a baby. Yeah. Hear me out here, lads. Let's kill that baby. <laughs> yeah. And then when, <laughs> when the ambassador's really sad, Swap we'll the just human say, baby. just have the jackal baby, mate. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's run with it. Let's no go problem. with it, lads. But anyway, that's no what problems. happens. So that's yes. why it's dark. You learn that, in fact, you know, his son was not stillborn. Dark. It was murdered. Yeah. They murdered the a baby is, in this. This scene is the darkest this. part of the film. And you see, they open the, the, the grave of the baby and you see that the skull of the baby has been smashed in. Yes. And I think that Gregory Peck's performance of this part is really good because, again, he just doesn't, ham it up at all he really is just very good and that's what well, makes this well, film did you, work did you read why he took the part mm. because his son his son psychological committed suicide and they were worried that um and he felt bad about um him not spending more time with his son mm. before his son committed suicide no way and they were worried about giving mm. him the script because of this but that was the reason he took it because he wanted to wow well, work, work it through mm. yeah he's also excellent in the remake of Cape Fear and I just want to put that out there that's a good film oh, yeah it is yeah. oh I bloody love that film mm. um, but I think is this one of the key films of key, uh, key scenes of this film yeah, I think absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it shouldn't and work, like you said. The setting looks a bit dodgy, I, but, but I like it because it looks dodgy, and it, it does feel like um, it was an inspiration for the, hor- the awful, awful um, scene in uh, Crystal Skull where they, they go looking around the graveyard. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it also yeah. harks back a little bit to Plague of the Zombies, and there's a weird lineage of like horror films where, or even like. Um, I walked with a zombie where, you know, you c- can you have a horror film without a grave being opened? It's such an old-fashioned, like, kind mm. of gothic trope, isn't it? But, but then this the, film is a very modern, yeah. well, and contemporary, then the dogs turn say. up, and then they yes. have to get out. dogs again. Yeah. So Attack we don't know where, 
We don't know where the dogs are coming from. We don't know what the no. dogs are for, but it doesn't matter because we feel the threat of the dogs. Hounds of hell. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't remember, rather, how oppressive and uh, violent and horrible these dogs are at this point. Because I, th- I yeah. thought they just run and got in the car and then they drove off. But the dogs really go for them, don't they? Mm. And they're shown yeah, like biting yeah. them and, and ripping their clothes and stuff. Mm. But mm. then obviously Alan Partridge just ruined the next part for us <laughs> where Gregory <laughs> Peck gets... Oh, I'm a pound on a spike. I've <laughs> put, my foot, put my foot on a spike. Oh, <laughs> Alan, what are you doing? Climbing over a fence. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Watch yourself. You're nearly 50. You're going to say I was nearly 50 then? Right, we're nearly 50 then, but at least I can focus. What? <laughs> Little pierced my foot on a spike. <laughs> I can feel the blood squelching in my shoe. Oh. Can you hear it squelching? Yeah, listen, okay. sh- listen, listen, listen. <laughs> oh, look at you. You should be in hospital. Lynn, some of these people have come from Stoke. So he gets his arm stuck on a spike. Um, I'm sorry, but anyone who's had that injury would lose so much blood that they'd be That's dead. Blood, yeah. Like, yeah. 
That that is a bit too far fetched, isn't it? At that point, like just have him like sprain his ankle or or something, not like have his bicep impaled with cast iron. That's just a bit ridiculous. Um, but then they escape, don't they? Well, first of all, they they go they they, they kind of go and sort of sort of gather you know kind of gather themselves, and he decides yes. now. Wait a minute, you know after all my. Are they, aren't they? It really does turn out that my son is the son of the devil and my wife yeah. is in danger. And he rings yes. her up and says, get the hell out of the hospital right. now. Just go, just go. And then Billy Whitelaw turns up and yoinks her out of the window. Shoves her out of the horrendous. window. It kind of, yes. ah, falls to her death. It's pretty Again, nice. A very, very kind of multi-tracked scream. Yes. She falls through the roof of an ambulance. Yeah. Mm. Doors, the, the, brilliant stunt. The doors burst Have a open. full effect. <laughs> And she's dead on the trolley with blood coming out of her mouth, which is just quite a weird... And this is what I was saying about earlier. It's quite a weird point to kill her off because she's already effectively died in the film because she's been pushed... She's been killed by Damien. Mm. Mm. I think it would have been more effective to have her killed by Damien at that point mm. rather than yeah. have these scenes with her in the hospital. But it's and interesting, then, though. She, she adds nothing more at this point, does she? No. And if you think, again... We were saying there's hardly any Damien in it, and it's just yeah. weird stuff mm. happening around him, and mm. a couple of nutters who might believe this yeah. stuff who are making these sort of yeah. things happen, and, mm. and, and that's that's yeah. interesting when you look back to think like, is any of this actually real? It could one just- of the, one of the main one is David Warner, of course. His character in this is the main one who puts yeah. all of all the nuts kind of uh, stuff together. Mm. He's a conspiracy um, theorist. He is, isn't he? Yeah. And that's something that m- maybe is influential again with films like this. Like he, conspiracy theory isn't a, a phrase which is uttered in this film at all, is no. it? But that's exactly what he is. Um, so then they find out um, that she's dead. He, he he finds out on the phone that she's dead, and then he says, "I want Damien to die too." <laughs> so we 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 move towards our. Final act, which features Rumpole of the Baby. <laughs> yeah, Leo McCur- enter Leo McCurn. He looks like, uh, well, he looks very similar to how he looks in Help as well, because he's in yeah. Help, isn't he? And che- Patrick Patrick McGowan's the prisoner, of course, when he's he's one of the number yep. two. So yeah, he goes to visit Leo McCurn. I can't remember exactly how that comes to pass. But he's got an but amazing goes- name, Boogerhagen, and uh, then it turns into the uh, to the Exorcist with the, all the digging and the, all that. Yeah, but doesn't it look like they've suddenly gone to like the Holy Land or yeah. somewhere like that? It they did. That's like where they filmed it. Yeah. But is was it meant to be in Italy or? I don't I know. No, just- no, because he, he says they've, they've got to go to Megiddo, which is supposed to be Armageddon. Uh, no. And while he's there, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So, and while they're there, Leo McKern basically just says, well, here you go. And, you know, you're, by the way, by, yeah. just to confirm, your son is the devil incarnate <laughs> and you yeah. are going to have to kill him. Yeah. Which I did think is, honestly, though, the other really good thing, why this film works, along with the whole, they never do anything that's supernatural in inverted commas. The other thing is, is that is, a, for me, with my philosophy hat on, that's such a really brilliant ethical dilemma. Could yeah. you bring yourself to kill a kid? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's, it's yeah, impossible. Yeah. Even if he's a white, oh my Which god, you can't. I do don't it. think it's explored enough at the, at I the agree. end because I think the speed of the end of the film yes. really spoils that dilemma. Yeah. Dilemma. I would have made yeah. it that I, 
how, what would have been a good way of doing it is that, that he he seemed innocent. I would have made it that all the people mm. around him were doing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm. Um, but it, it, you could you could say like, well, he will become the Antichrist. He's yes. not the Antichrist now, but he will yeah. become the Antichrist. He's coming. Well, that's, yeah. so, so like, could you kill Hitler before when Hitler yes. was a child? That's well, what that's what they've done in Doctor Who, isn't it? When they have Davros in... Um, Young Davros, yeah. Those episodes that I can't remember the title of mm. where the Doctor has to kind of decide. But I, I think another way you could have done it is where you'd have like a non-linear thing where you start the film with the question of, can you kill this kid? Mm. Mm-hmm. And then the process then is him questioning each event as it goes through. Mm. And I think that's another good way of doing it. I think this, maybe this is the only shortcoming of the film. And it's only just uh, uh, appeared to me in that way, really, is that the end of the film feels slightly rushed, doesn't yeah, it's it? Not because enough time, it's like, is there? No. no, it's because he's like, oh, I've got to kill a kid now. And it's like, well, are you going to, you know, <laughs> this is where it starts to go a bit frayed. If it was 100% edges. clear that Damon had killed his wife, I could see him doing that. But there was, yes. he doesn't know for certain no. how she got. He's uh, just been told there's been a no. horrible accident and yeah. she's fallen out of hospital. It's and it's Billy Whitelaw. So and Bill, then Billy Whitelaw is just back in the house asleep, isn't yeah. she? There's like, mm. um, so yeah, it's like if he knows Damien has killed his wife, yeah, like you say, Cleves, I, I can believe that. But at this point, it's just like, I tell you what we've totally missed is um, David Warner having his head chopped off. Well, that oh, happened next. That happened of course. Next. Yeah. Is that, that health and safety? Yeah, yeah they're the health and safety nightmare. Oh, of course it is, yeah. So Leo McKern says, here's the knives. You've got to stick this in his head. You've got to do this. Stick this up his bum or whatever. Make sure there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure. <laughs> That, that isn't, yeah. <laughs> Stick it up his bum on holy ground. And, um, you know, that... But bash, I'm not bash, talking Bob, about... Bob's your uncle. Not talking about the Catholic Church at all here. Yeah, but, I'll um, get his, um, avoid it. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Edit that bit out. Bum every child and, uh, if they possibly can. <laughs> Hopefully they get the Antichrist. But then, basically, in a foreign country, I know not where, David Warner goes to try and pick up the knives after... Um, uh, Carrie, not Carrie Grant. What's his name? Gregory Peck has chucked them. Yeah, a pile and he's of sand. like, what? "If you won't do it, I'll do it." And I thought, "Oh dear, this scene looks very bad." Because but the reason, obvious- he, the reason he said that is because he's seen a picture, photographs of himself with a line through yes. his neck, so he knows yes. that he's next. For the he's shop. on the, the list. He's on the yeah. block. Literally he's next. I thought that the way David Warner delivered that line was really obvious that he was just projecting it to no one but a film crew mm. yeah. and it looked like a day that Gregory Peck wasn't on set yeah. and then he goes to pick up the knives and then some stupid uh, you know builder Navi, Middle Eastern builder <laughs> <laughs> the classic trope of the idiotic foreigner gets out exactly. of his van he hasn't had it MOT'd recently correct the handbrake the handbrake is looking shonky the final destination at this point. <laughs> yes. And but then, this was their first. Mm-hmm. It, it's a beautifully choreographed... Uh, it's not really a stunt, is it? Because it's a dummy that gets its head chopped off. But it, it looks good. It looks it's a good. montage that works really, really well. They did it with well. seven cameras. Wow. It, it's, it's, it's an immense piece of filmmaking where... You know that it's just a dummy, but it looks so good that you're like, wow. That Basically, the truck rolls down the hill, hits the, 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 um, the sand 
bank mm. and a sheet of glass comes off and chops off a, a, uh, a sheet of glass which has not been secured properly yeah. Yeah. yet again <laughs> two pieces of health and safety nightmare yeah. imagine driving around in a truck with a sheet of glass <laughs> and a dodgy handbrake you don't tie down the glass and you don't check whether your handbrake is properly uh, <laughs> <laughs> operational <laughs> <laughs> that is a dreadful uh, that's oversight. why we're better off out of Europe isn't it really yeah. <laughs> bring back British handbrakes um, Leyland so Daff Leyland <laughs> well we need a character called Leyland Daff and something else, <laughs> I once hired a Leyland Daff when I worked for Dave and I was astonished to see that they were still in a modern Leyland Daff van they were still using the same door handles inside as were used in the Austin 1100, which was a car which was launched in 1961 or 60 or something like that. You are the only man who would notice. Uh, yeah, this, this was in 2001. So it's 40 <laughs> years after they started making these Did it give you an erection when you saw it, John? No, it made me think there's no wonder that this country has gone to the dogs. So, um... So yeah, so where are we now? We're in the we're in the final act, aren't we? He's in his private jet with all his knives that no one, mm-hmm. no one in customs is cool knives. I'd like to have those knives. Very pointy, cool knives. Please, knives. that's so gothic. <laughs> what? <laughs> cool knives, man! Oh my god, I'd love to like carve a carve a cross on my forehead. Billy Whitelaw turns up and jumps on him in her pajamas. Yeah, and they were scrapping the kitchen. Mm. He stabs her in the neck with a with a fondue uh, set or something, doesn't he? Yeah, the, the Rottweiler howls, and then he uh, gets Damien in the back of his car, and this is where we have the car chase you was discussing, John. He's, he's got a so he's got a Ford Granada estate, which it's not it is a Granada. Even I recognise yeah. that. <laughs> it's not what he's driving in the rest of the film. In the rest of the film, I think he's got some kind of soft top car. So I don't know why he's taken to the estate at this point. That's his child murdering car. Yeah, <laughs> but he's inter- he's hell bent on killing um, Damien at this point. So he charges out of his uh, gatehouse at this point, and he's in hot pursuit in in an eleven hundred cc Austin Allegro. Is a police <laughs> officer who radios ahead to someone in a Range Rover, and then they chase him to a church somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and he's about to stab Damien. Daddy, no. <laughs> <laughs> When um, a very very rare armed policeman in England, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. So a copper who's got a gun, which it just doesn't happen, does it in Britain as we know? Runs in and says, "Don't don't do it, or I'll shoot," or something. To to unless those he's, ends. he's one of the Satan worshiping maybe. Wow. That's why, that's why had well, that's gun. that's what I question throughout the film. Is is a bit like Rosemary's Baby, which I think this film is kind of influenced by a lot. By that kind of horror of children that was very big in the seventies, like you were watching Blood on Satan's Claw Cleaves. Yeah. A lot of that's to do with like the horror of youth, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I do question how many people that you watch in the film when you I'm get in it. In, how many people are, are in on it? You mm. know, the psychologists. Mm. Um. So yeah. So basically, then bang, you get a slow mo of the bullet, don't you? Yeah. And then it's a fade to black, and then 
Does it go straight to the funeral well, then? Yeah, and then you, there's a, a, a very small thing where they talk about two dead bodies, so you think maybe Damon oh, did no. get killed at that point, but then you realise that mm. at this point, <gasps> they're implying that Damon has now been adopted by the president of... President you know, himself. Like, yeah, and then you get the famous, I should be so good for you. Um, for you, <laughs> Shot where um, Damien turns to the camera and gives us a little smile. And smiles. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. So, and that's it. That's it. I think this is a feature length episode for us, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, yeah. It is. I, so yeah, I would, in terms of marks, what are we going to say for marks? I'm giving it a four out of five. The only, reason oh. I'm, the only reason I'm not giving it a five is that this time watching it, the, particularly towards the beginning, um, mm. the, any kind of like romantic sort of setup. Mm. Just slowed it down too much for me at this point. I, but, but I, I looked at from. their relative ages at this point, and it, um, what is his name? I keep forgetting his name. Gregory Peck. I keep wanting to say Cary Grant. Gregory Peck was like on the cusp of sixty. Lee Remick was on the cusp of forty. So mm. the romantic stuff does look a bit. It just feels a bit creepy, doesn't it? Mm. Because he's obviously so much older than her. And when they go to kiss, like all his wrinkled, like. Taunching <laughs> skin like she looks amazing in this film and he's just like he looks fairly haggard apparently he, kept, he, they, he kept up and re reshoot close-ups because of his he didn't like his double chins in the rushes i don't blame him wow. I, I wouldn't like my double chin but um yeah yes so four out of five for you please james a four out of five as well oh, wow. I, I four found out of i was five. it was great to watch it again having only watched it once and said as we've discussed, so many interesting things going on. And the, uh, John, I think you've hit the nail absolutely on the head with the whole kind of suspension, the really successful uh, successful suspension of disbelief throughout. Mm. And yeah, that because we always go on there. Would we tell somebody else to watch this film? Absolutely, yes. Mm. yes. You've got to see The Omen. You've got to see The Omen. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. I struggle with this, how to market, because... <sighs> oh... So the things I like have a certain charm, which is their inbuilt inferiority mm. and rubbish. <laughs> and that is, you know, the Hammer films, they're not rubbish, but I know they are rubbish. Mm. Whereas this isn't rubbish. And mm. it's hard to market higher than them because it, it is so slick and such a Hollywood mm. machine of the mid 70s. So I don't know what to give it. <laughs> what if I I mean I would give it five out of five because it is an incredibly enjoyable film isn't it yeah. and I think yeah. I think I think anyone watching this would enjoy it um it doesn't look as dated as some of the stuff we've we've watched I think there are some I think it it reflects really good on really well on modern cinema in a way that um some of the stuff we've watched doesn't even reflect well on like silent cinema, mm. particularly mm. like Dr. Fibes, which was just, oh, shut up. I mean, when you watch, when you compare it to something like this, it's beyond mediocre, isn't it? In mm. itself, mm. it looks okay. But then relative to other stuff, you just think, I can't believe that this was even made. And I think that's what this film does is. But I think, um, you know, all, Richard Donner had the right idea. Just, 
keep it as real as you can. Then, then, mm. then it doesn't get dated. There's nothing in no, there. No, 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 no. There's no, no shit special effects. There's, there's no damn. shit special effects. There's nothing that dates it really. Besides, like I said, the cars, maybe the fashion. But but but, but then uh, it's just a period piece. We can say yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was yeah, set in the seventies. Yeah. You know? Yes. Mm, uh, yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's nothing. Even. The, I think there are special made... effects. The, the decapitation looks fucking amazing. Yeah. It looks really, really good. Like fake heads think... always look fake, and that head didn't look fake. Yes, I think if you made this today and set it in the seventies, it wouldn't look as good as this mm. version does. Mm. And I think that's the, probably the best praise you can give. Really, like it doesn't put a foot wrong in a, a, at any point. The mm. music's brilliant. The dialogue's brilliant. The acting is brilliant. The special effects are brilliant. Well, there's some there's some bits of music which I didn't notice until watching it back today, where they're just mm. really quiet, like whispering, yeah, 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 chanting, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Especially with well, with, I, with the with the um. That's what I have my headphones on. Yeah. Yes, I watched it with headphones, and that makes a big difference with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I mean, H- highly recommended. Then this is the I highest was, score and one we've ever done. Yeah, so I think, I think, in terms of. Technically and kind of, um, it's hard to find the words to say. I love the films that we've watched that are mediocre because they're so charming and fun, and they and they're mm. so they're so off their time. Whereas this yeah. just works as a really good piece of cinema, like yeah. C- yeah. Citizen Kane or. You know, uh, uh, I'd prefer to watch this as Citizen Kane every day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I mean, this is a, this is probably the best genre horror film. Can you think of a better genre horror film? I can't really. Not yet, no. The Exorcist. Yeah. The Exorcist. M- maybe The Exorcist. Yeah, but The Exorcist is. Yeah, The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Is better. Better. What, what, we're never going to cover The Exorcist, but I feel like no. The Exorcist no. is basically two different films. Up until, yes, up until they go into do the actual exorcism, yeah, 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 yeah. it's it's completely. And then it's just like mm. both films are fucking brilliant, but it's just such yeah. a massive shift between yeah pre exorcism and and the. Actual I think this exorcism. is more enjoyable than the exorcist because it's hard to enjoy the second half of the exorcist. <laughs> Um, whereas the first half where, you know, she goes up into the loft and like mm. the candles, yeah. on flame and all that stuff is great to build the tension. Yeah. But no, it's just, I it's think just sort of it's just very yeah, strange. Th- this film is much more enjoyable, much more enjoyable. And I, I really, we're probably never going to have cover them, but I love Omen 2 and 3. And the end of Omen 3 is just fucking mental. And I love it. When I haven't the, seen when that. Jesus turns up. Oh, really? <laughs> I've seen this. Well, I was, I was watching this and I was like, Bloody hell! I've seen the, I've seen Leo McKern do this character before, and that Exorcist is that the start. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Omen two. Omen two. Sorry, yeah. Omen yeah, two, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was just like, I was waiting for him to get killed, and I was like, oh, he gets buried. He gets buried alive, alive yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, it's a yeah. horrible. That's really horrible. That part. Oh, and and also, that's Ross be saying like with Jesus then turning up in Omen three. Well, that's the end of life on Earth, according is to the Book of Revelations. Happens? Oh shit! <laughs> Jesus is here, everyone. Yeah, but that, but, uh, that bit, but the church that, get the, that ends in in Omen Three, that was mm. in um, Killing Eve the other day. It was wow. in Dorset. Yeah, where uh, at the end of series two of Killing Eve, where um, she gets shot, that's it, it. Was like, oh, that's a, that's the bit, in, that's the um, the bit where no Damien gets killed. Mm. Brilliant. So highly recommended. Yeah, indeed. Best best film best film we've watched.
have we got anything for something horrific yes. this week? You remember, James? Yes, and I've written it. So, I've, I guys, I went to the cinema. The cinema is back. Oh, me too. And me too. he's he's a he's a creator who divides opinion amongst us. But I went to see Ben Wheatley's In the Woods. Oh, I wanted to see it, but it wasn't on. Or Any in good? The, or is it in the earth? In into the earth? Is it into the ground? Or into the earth? Into the ah. Earth? We we meant to go about five nights running because it was shown in chapter, and then I was like, we've forgotten to go. And yeah. then the next night, we've forgotten to go, and then it finished. Yeah. What's it like, what I would say, I, I enjoyed it, but it, it works as you've got to watch it in on in a dark room on the big screen. Mm. Oh, because right. he does a lot of light effects. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's all like, like straight, it warns you at the start, it says there's going to be strobe yeah. in this. And that whole thing of being in the woods in the middle of nowhere unbelievably yeah. dark you can't see what's going on and there's like sudden and intense strobe lighting oh, it'll be okay, okay on TV but it, on the big screen it was far more effective oh, uh, I, really say it. I think I watched the place too instead which is good I thought it was I enjoyed it <laughs> there's one thing about it you know because what they suggest without this won't spoil it for you but they kind mm. of suggest that a number of the characters in the film have been drawn to the woods mm-hmm. and they can't explain why Mm. So that's cool. But then they go, well, how on earth? You know, if we were all in the city, how did we know to come to the woods? And the explanation did maybe go, ah, in the, <laughs> in the film. But it is supposed to be, there are funny bits in it as well. I must point yeah. out that, you know, he do. But I don't think that was supposed to be a funny bit. But apart from that, I found it, I found it better than a field in England. Mm. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, I've, I've watched that three times and I still don't know what I think about it. Oh, see... For me, that is a quintessential, that is like my DNA put onto the cinema screen. <laughs> Growing up in Warwickshire, Sealed Knot mm. and, the, and Edge Hill and Civil War and all that stuff, I absolutely love. Um, so it's better than that, James. I, well, for me, as, as a cinema experience, and I found that in terms of the focus of the, the scripts and what he sets out, to, you know, what he says at the start, it's very clever, mm. you know, kind of uses what's going on at the moment. Mm. There's been like an unnamed pandemic mm. and it's just kind of far more people than they're expecting are dying, but you don't see mm. any of it. It's mm. great. They just refer mm. to it and how they refer to it. So that's really good. And you find mm. out, you know, that there's this woman and she's been doing these, you know, this, this area of, of English woodlands and it's miles from anywhere. You've got no mm. phone signal. You've got no nothing. But it's really kind of verdant woodland. And things mm. really grow fast. And it's like they think there's something up in the woodland. And then when they start saying, oh, well, this all goes back to kind of like Neolithic times. And they believe that there was like this warlock. And they banished him to the woods. And he's oh, become one with the right. woods. You're like, oh, this is good. This, this is what we're yeah. talking about. So yeah. I really enjoyed watching it. And I thought, bearing in mind, and what we've spoken about before on, in terms mm. of like, when we talked about Dr. Fives and we were like, Jesus, what did they do with the money here? We didn't realize he did this on such a small, on what is, what looks a pretty effectively very small budget. It's very yeah. effective. And I enjoy, I would thoroughly Act recommend five, watching James. Tr- out of five, three and a half. Wow. You know what I mean, it, it, it was it was not like oh, it's the best thing I've ever seen. And I didn't yeah. think, oh my god, I've, I've then got I've got to watch this over and over again. Like 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 for example, the best example I'll give you that. Like when the, when I saw the lighthouse, mm. I was like, yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. to watch this film again soon. I didn't feel like I just thought, oh my god, I just really enjoyed watching that. But it's so the return it's to form, no, the best. Hundred percent, yes, mm. better than Rebecca by a long way. Re- oh, oh Rebecca was dog shit, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then I saw, I saw that he did a film in between High Rise and Rebecca I that just High Rise. Tank, tanked and just disappeared without trace. So 
Oh, well, that's, that's Free Fire. Free, yeah. Free Fire is excellent. Free Fire is oh, really good. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I had never even heard of it. And that's I was really like, good fun. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, so that's that's my that was my something horrific and I enjoyed it. I can give you one as well. <laughs> Not that I've given it any thought, yeah. but the MR James podcast that you know I'm a big fan oh, of yeah. Yeah. did re- reviewed a story by LTC Rolt. Oh. So they've moved beyond MR James now, actually okay. probably about five years ago now, but I've I've only listened to their podcast back over lockdown. So LTC Rolt wasn't a contemporary of MR James. He came a long time after MR James, but he does very Jamesian ghost stories in kind of industrial settings. Oh, okay. So he's got one. So I'm up to Cungaron at the moment, which obviously is set in Wales. I've read the first five, and they're all pretty good, actually. Mm -hmm. The first one is about a mine, a coal mine, where some kind of horrible ghoul is disturbed. Um, and the, the, the one that they, um, reviewed is called Bosworth Summit Pond, which is a short story about, um, a ghost, which is kind of experienced from a canal barge, um, to do with some people that drowned, uh, in days of yore. And so far Hmm. they're pretty good. They're nowhere near on, uh, the level of mr james but they are pretty good and they pass the time and that's about uh, no actually that's that sounds that's like damned with faint praise isn't it they're pretty good mm. and um they more than pass the time mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i i would i would recommend them to people if you want to um you know better than average ghost story they are pretty good mm. but we're all busy reading another book at the moment aren't we uh, well we're not <laughs> well, we should be because of the episode after the next one, we will be reviewing the said book. Oh, God, said book. really? Um, the Fog. So, yes. Uh, uh, I'm reading um, in A amongst, World of Pain. It is amongst a load of other <laughs> things. Um, short stories by Robert Westall, who wrote The Machine Gunners and. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, ah. the Watch House and. Um, the Devil on the Road. Yeah. So, yeah, the, his the short Devil stories. on the Road is one of the best books I've ever read. Yeah, so his book of short stories I'm reading at the moment are really very good. So, um, uh, I'm, I'll probably recommend that when I've actually finished it. Um, but cool. I, this week I am talking about um a film called Relic. So this is a film by Natalie Erica James. It's an Australian, mm-hmm. uh, Australian. Uh, I don't know if you'd call it a horror film, but it's horrific. Um, but it's, it's, uh, basically a, it's, uh, a, um, a woman's, uh, mother goes missing. Um, as mm-hmm. said, so, uh, the woman and her daughter go to the house to try and find her. And eventually she turns back up again and there's sort of strange supernatural things going on. She never says where she's been. She, um, right. she, she's telling people that um, something's been trying to get into the house. She's been um, having locks put on through uh, the internal of the building and stuff. But mm-hmm. essentially, it's the whole film. When, after discussing Rebecca, the whole film is almost like a uh, a metaphor for uh, dementia. So basically... Right. They are, they are kind of seeing the world through her eyes. So the world... The, there's a point where 
they go into um, a room in the house and then they come out into another version of the house which they're in, but all oh, the, okay. all, it's all slightly different and um, there's okay. too many doors and all that kind of stuff. So it's just trying to put across the feeling, I, I think, of what it would be like to, to start having dementia and you know you, mm. familiar things become unfamiliar and it's easy to get lost in it and um and yeah so but the final scene um I, i'm not going to put it away that put um i'm not going to give it away mm. is very strange but it's, it's but also very moving at the end as well i think it's all mm. and it's all, all about trying to come to terms with someone you love Dying, but not dying. But mm. That person is now mm. gone, but so it's been replaced with something else. Replaced by something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've got to, you've got to mourn the, the passing of the person you knew, but there's still, mm. so, there's still someone else alive and you've still got to care yeah, for them. Yeah, you've yeah. still got to love for them, but you've got to mm. realize that they are something different. It's, it, it was a very, uh, atmospheric and, Spooky and scary at certain points film, but I mm. think it actually had quite a lot to say about relationships with your parents and and Ooh, uh, interesting. Yeah, very good. Okay, yeah. So I would uh, cool. highly recommend. Uh, it's called Relic. Very good. And the the last thing I thought, Ross, that we should flag up is that someone wrote a really lovely review. Oh yes, of the podcast. One of yes. our cousins from 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 the states. So I just want to say a massive thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. It's really lovely seeing reviews. So if if anyone is listening to this and um, they do enjoy the podcast, please pop onto your podcast platform of <laughs> choice platform. Yeah, yeah and just leave us a please mm. leave us a review um it was really lovely um apparently even uh, uh, i'd like to say even a bad review yeah just tell us tell, <laughs> we'll, say, we'll take anything yeah but it was yeah. just interesting that he said that um we're helping him understand some of the uh, aspects of british horror films which he didn't understand being a british guy i think we're probably confusing the fuck out Mary. of him by talking about <laughs> the real of the year. but if you're getting something out of it i, I really enjoy it I, uh, I that was that. epic that was epic that was amazing the real of the year discussion we're gonna do a whole podcast of going, go through we should of the year, year by year right Make oh, that's that what it's called. Really? Year of the year, year, year by, by year. year. Right? We make that a Patreon special. Yeah, but there in Wales, go. that's here by here, oh. because in Wales, year by year is year year. Oh, never mind. Okay, so. Thank you very much. That was next. The next week, we're reviewing the horrific parts of Moonraker. No, no, no. <laughs> which includes which includes the bit where the woman runs into the forest and is chased by the Doberman. Uh, Dobermen. Dober people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What are we doing next time? Next, please? next week, we are doing the the Earth dies screaming. Oh, screaming. are we really? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, that's amazing. So, so from it's literally from the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah. So um, I don't know where the fuck you can see the the uh, the earth dies screaming. Let me have a. We'll figure look. it out. Let me have a little look. Just so that I know at least I, one I person watches this. I recorded thing. mine from um, uh, talking pictures, but that's already been on. So unless you can go back in time and record it, you're probably out of luck there. 
Everything's on Amazon. Bezos has got his, his fingers on everything. I'll well, check that it is actually available. The Omen wasn't, James. The bloody well, right, Omen. That was, on, that, that was on YouTube. That's bizarre, I think that, isn't it? There, it must be a weird rights thing because it's a 20th yeah, century yeah, Fox yeah, yeah. film. And yes. the uh, uh, it, Omen the Final Conflict is on Disney. Plus. Mm. <laughs> but the, but the, yeah. Well, I own, I own all of them, even the one I'm never going to watch. So. Yeah. Uh, the Earth Dice Screaming from 1964 is available yeah. to rent or buy on Amazon or YouTube. So it uh, is, it is freely are. available. Yeah, we it's are. another black and white one. Okay. Another black and white. There we oh, are. Well, lovely, okay. to see, lovely to be in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. And on that bombshell. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe. <laughs> be good. Love, light, and peace. Happy day. You have been listening to the general witch finders support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witch finders subscribe and spread the word at generalwitchfinders.com farewell and don't have nightmares What if? What, what if Cleaver's like gets possessed? <laughs> I think this house is haunted. Well, think- he says, all joking aside, John, he says yeah. earlier, oh, come down and stay. You can come stay in the loft. And I immediately thought, I don't want to stay in the haunted loft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something weird about it. When he, especially when he yeah. said, oh, it's, it's got like that little thing that you can look through mm. and it's like an empty space. I'm like, I don't want yeah. to sleep near that. Yeah, <laughs> you can look through one brick and it's an empty room. <laughs> Like, that is the start of every horror film I've horror ever film. seen. There's going to be a Victorian child in there with yeah. half a face. It's going to be terrifying. <laughs> no, it's not for me. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.